In both Poland and Egypt, the same beautiful blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl appears again and again in television, newspaper, and online. But the headlines connected to those articles read very differently, depending on which country you're in. On Tuesday, April 25, 2017, Magdalena Zuk surprised her partner Marcus on his birthday with a week's holiday stay in an all-inclusive resort in Egypt. She had revealed the surprise just seven hours before the flight was scheduled to take off, but instead of a nice surprise, they were met with the first major disappointment of this story. Marcus would be unable to go, and Magdalena would have to go it on her own. A beautiful young girl traveling to a foreign country all on her own for the first time. Has this ever played out badly? <laughs> we'll see. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. So, the reason her boyfriend Marcus couldn't go is because his passport was less than six months old. And in order to enter Egypt, his passport had to be valid for at least six months first. So he was denied entry. Marcus attempted to sell the tickets according to a Facebook post, uh, but couldn't find anybody to take them. The couple were forced to make a decision. Waste the trip, or Magdalena goes to Egypt alone. They were hesitant for the latter, of course. But Marcus admits he didn't want her to go alone but she could use the much-needed holiday. I know everyone seems to think it's crazy that this girl would fly to another country alone or without a man, but Magdalena had moved out of her parents' house at the age of 17 and opened her own salon by the age of 22. She seemed like she was more than capable of taking a holiday alone. Magdalena had only been seeing Marcus for about four to five months. The two had met at a concert and hit it off almost instantly. Magda, which I'll call her from here on out, I think that's just her name shortened as what she went by. So, uh, Magda landed in Marsa Alam, Egypt, just after 12 a.m. on Wednesday, uh, which was the 26th. She spoke with Marcus after landing, rented a car, and drove three hours to the resort where she had booked her stay. Shortly after checking into the resort is when things started to get weird. Magda was seen by another hotel guest shouting into her phone angrily while swinging her arms around and pacing the hotel lobby. She was in contact with family back in Poland and told them that she had heard voices in her room. She was sending weird texts to her friends and family as if they were there with her, things like, where are you? Come to me. Then the family started receiving messages through an employee of the travel agent that Magda had used to book her trip. This man's name was Mamad K. Some sources said he had been a friend of Marcus's, uh, her boyfriend, before the trip was booked. He was acting as a tour guide for Magda, which was not unusual, from what I can tell. Many questioned his intentions with Magda and why he would constantly why he would constantly follow her around. But isn't that what a tour guide's supposed to do? I mean, from what I read, he would have accompanied Magda as a as a guide or translator. Even if, had, even if Marcus had been there. I think he would want that as well. Some people claim he was actually holding her against her will and that she was being forced into human trafficking or a prostitution ring. There were some articles claiming Magda had told her sister that she had been drugged as she had suspected someone slipped something into her drink. On Friday morning, Magda's family received a video of her lying apparently unconscious 
in her hotel doorway. She was on her knees and bent forward with her face to the floor. Her arms were lying palms up beside her. Magda is taken to a nearby hospital, and we are not really sure what happens next. But from what we can tell, Magda did enter the hospital willingly, according to CCTV footage, but leaves without being treated. She is taken back to the hotel. Mahmoud claims that the hospital would not see her because they said that they don't treat mental illness. Kind of strange, right? But the hospital claimed she refused to be treated. So you got two different, two different testimonies already. Hospital said she refused to be treated. Mahmoud says that the hospital doesn't treat mental illness anyways. So uh, Magda checked out of the hotel on Saturday morning and was taken back to the airport. But apparently her behavior was so erratic that she was not allowed to board the plane. She attempted to check back into the same hotel, but they would not allow it due to her previous behavior. She attempted to find another hotel, but was unsuccessful. By this time, a friend of Marcus's, you know, remember the boyfriend, was on his way to Egypt to attempt to get Magda home safely. The last time anyone hears from Magda is a video chat with Marcus, just hours before her death. The call is made from Mamad's phone and lasts approximately 30 minutes. In it, you can see Magda in front of the camera. Someone else is holding the phone. She is standing in a hotel parking lot and appears very upset. She is anxious or nervous. Um, some even say she looks terrified. She's crying and asking Marcus to come and get her. Marcus keeps asking what is wrong and what is happening, and she speaks very little and just rocks back and forth crying, obviously in very great distress. Now, I'm not playing this clip, I'm not playing this conversation or the audio from this video because, you know, it's all in Polish, um, and then some of it is in uh, Egyptian. You can't really understand anything on it, okay? That's why I'm trying to describe the video to you the best I can. And this case is, is not very well known in the U.S., um, as, you could, as you could probably guess. There's not a whole lot out there in English on it. It's a lot like uh, making a murder in Israel, okay? It's, it's very hard to uh, translate a lot of these things, but with me and my wife as well looking in different places and, and comparing translations and things like that, this is the best translation that I can give you guys. So I want to be upfront. okay? A lot of this information um, is in foreign languages, Especially to me, right? Uh, my great-grandmother actually was uh, Polish, though. Uh, she died when I was 13, 14 years old. Her maiden name was Sikorsky. Uh, Sarah Sikorsky. So my uh, great-grandmother, if she was in the indi any indication of the Polish people, uh, I think they're amazing people because she was an amazing person in my life for the short time that she was here. Uh, not that it has anything to do with the language. I just, I just wanted to share that. So... Finally, when he asks again what happened, she says she can't tell him, and then gives a very odd response of M. Marcus, looking very puzzled, adds, that employee? Referring to Mamad, and she doesn't respond. Seconds later, Mamad comes on the screen and starts speaking with Marcus. He tells him he is taking Magda back to the hospital, and they return to the same hospital there they were at at the night before, allegedly refusing treatment again. But this time, there is some disturbing footage of Magda when she arrives at the hospital. 
This time, the video shows her running down a hallway, followed by a man, and then several other hospital staff. She falls and is stopped by the man, then quickly surrounded by the other people. She appears again in great distress. She then lashes out at one of the men. She is restrained, then several of the men grab her and carry her to a private room by her arms and legs. The hospital claims she was then tied to the bed using bed sheets. This again does not appear to be something odd, but a normal practice for them. A little while later, after she had calmed down, she told the nurse in her room that she needed to go to the restroom. The nurse untied Magda, as she asked, but then Magda immediately attacked the nurse with the IV stand. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what else to call it. The, the stand that holds the bags of fluid. She attacked the nurse with that and then went over to the window and jumped out. Magda landed on her left side and received severe injuries from her fall. She was two stories up. However, she did not die. She was taken to another hospital and treated there. By this time, the friend of Marcus's who had flown to Egypt landed to the news that Magda had been in an accident, and when he traveled to the hospital, Magda was in a coma already, and she died just hours later from her injuries. Egyptian authorities performed an autopsy, with Polish representatives present. Polish authorities would then conduct their own autopsy under her return to Poland, but the findings of the two were reported and agreed with each other completely. Although the full autopsy from Poland had not been made public yet, and some question if it actually backs Egyptians' findings or not. So Magda's death was called a suicide in Egypt, but was being considered a homicide in Poland. So what exactly makes Magda's death so strange? The fact that so many people believe that she did not kill herself. One theory was that Magda was being held against her will by Mahmoud or someone else and that she had been sold into prostitution. Some even accused Marcus of having been involved, and that he sold her. Others claimed that she had been through a traumatic experience, such as being raped, and it could have caused a psychotic break. There are a few theories that Marcus used her to smuggle drugs into Egypt. Mahmoud was taken into custody and questioned, but released after police found no evidence he had nefarious intentions with Magda. Shortly after his name was reported in the media, Mahmoud went into hiding, which of course was reported as uh, ill-intentioned, right? But objectively looking at it, it looks like someone who was probably receiving a lot of hate and threats and just decided to get away for a while. As for Marcus, he was also investigated and cleared. The theory that he was involved seemed unlikely, as he was only made known of the trip hours before the plane departed. It was Magda's idea. Also, if she had been sold and Mahmoud had 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 her, why would he have taken her to the airport? She was not allowed to board the plane. But that did not appear to be on Mahmoud's account. Right? So the first time she goes to the airport, let's not we can't forget that. She wasn't allowed to to board the plane because of her erratic behavior, Mamad was nowhere there. He wasn't anywhere around. Why would he even allow her to go to the airport by herself if he had intentions of, of harming her or, or selling her into prostitution or whatever these claims are? So she was apparently turned away because of her behavior, right? Which means she was so scared and wanted to go home so bad, but was physically unable to contain herself enough to be cleared for a flight. These points, this... All this points more to a mental illness of some sort. 
right? But what caused it? Some think that the purchase of the tickets was so sporadic that it seemed to be the beginning of a manic episode. But other sources said she was known for being spontaneous, and this was not unusual behavior. Then there's the hospital footage. Many speculate that the quote-unquote behavior of the staff was odd. Firstly, the man in the video appears to be Mamad, but everyone in the video is reported as staff. Okay, obviously, when you watch this video, the videos are available on YouTube, the footage. Um, I believe there's also a documentary as well with subtitles. But in this video, there is a gentleman wearing a plaid shirt. He's wearing like a plaid shirt and jeans or khakis or something. I don't think that's hospital-approved wear. I don't think uh, someone who works in a hospital is wearing a plaid shirt and some jeans when everyone else is wearing scrubs and hospital attire. So it seems to me after watching it several times that the staff really did not know what to do with, with Magda. It could have been that they really didn't, didn't treat mental illness or were not used to it. Um, it just seemed that they didn't quite know how to handle someone like this. One suspicious thing, though, is the fact that Mahmoud's phone was what Magda used the majority of the time. She called from his phone almost all the time, although she had her own. Egypt is also being questioned of their intentions in this case. You know, did they push the suicide story to save face in the eyes of their tourist, which is uh, one of the country's biggest sources of income? That can't be overlooked. But recent civil unrest has had a huge impact on the amount of tourists coming into the country. Some in the UK said they were advised not to travel there. Polish media had accused Egyptian authorities of downplaying the event and demanding a fair investigation. To me, it seems the evidence suggests that Magda did jump out of the window. But why is a question I don't believe we will ever have a real answer to. Is it possible that she jumped in an attempt to escape? Was she suffering from an undiagnosed mental illness? Was the mental break caused by the trauma of being kidnapped and raped? Was she being sold as a human slave? Had Magda, ta had Magda been taken? Or was she slipped some kind of drug uh, that caused these odd behaviors? This, it's just so many questions here. You know what this reminds me of? I did a Strange Shorts uh, episode on two... I believe they were Polish women. They were Polish or Swedish. They were twins. I believe they were Polish, though, just like Magda. And they came over to the U.S. Oh, no, they were visiting in the U.K. They were visiting the U.K., I believe. And they had mental breakdowns where they ran out across the road. Like, they ran out into the middle of the road, and they were both struck by vehicles, and they both freaking lived. It was insane. Um, but they had like these mental breakdowns and then afterwards they were fine. This seems so similar to what Magda had. I don't know if it's, if it's triggered by traveling or some, somewhere they went or it's just odd that they both came from the same country, if not similar countries, um, and had very similar situations. No past of mental illness, but yet once they traveled, something triggered it, something in the trip. Um... Now, I believe those girls were diagnosed with bipolar as well, or at least one of them was. Um, I might be mistaken. So, some people theorize that the difference between, or the evolution between a manic and a depressive state um, here could have 
all of the answers that we uh, are looking for. Like, for instance, let's say Magda... Well, first off, when you plan a trip, when you plan a vacation, it's exciting, right? You're looking into it. You're buying the tickets. You're like, okay, this is a reality. I have my tickets now. We're actually going. And you're excited, right? And you do this on, on a manic up. Like, you're, you want to be social. You want to be around people. You want to do new things. You want to you explore the world. So you buy these tickets, and you have this new love in your life, and then all of a sudden, the love of your life can't go, right? So now, every, all the fun that you were thinking about, everything that you were going to experience, now you're either doing it alone or not at all. So immediately, this manic state has dropped down a few pegs. Now, combine that with traveling alone, going to a foreign country where no one speaks your language, you have one tour guide that you have to just basically trust everything he says. He wants you to use his phone. Uh, you see what I mean? Like this is this is a very lonely feeling here, and I think all of this could have triggered some sort of attack. And maybe the same thing happened with those twin Polish sisters as well. Maybe when they um, were pulled over on the side of the road for whatever reason, and when they came in contact with all these other all these uh, locals. Um, in the UK or whatever, maybe it made them feel very alone and unsafe. We don't know. I mean, true crime is becoming so popular, right? People are, are paranoid, as they should be, and skeptical of everything, right? As they should be. So when you are in a new place and you're completely alone and no one knows your language, it's tough. It's very tough. I mean, it's tough enough when you go to a new place and you speak the language, Imagine not even being able to speak the language or to indulge in the culture around you because you have no understanding of it. And you have no one that can relate to you. That could absolutely um, have some sort of depression set in. You guys know what I'm saying. I'm not a, psycho I'm not a psychologist. I'm just, I'm just trying to be empathetic and see things from her point of view and also not demonize the entire um, Egyptian country and the hospital and the, their health organizations and all this, I, I just, I feel like they tried their best to deal with her. Um, now, I may be wrong, but I just don't think, I don't think the tour guide had anything to do with it. I'm pretty damn sure her husband, I mean, her boyfriend didn't have anything to do with it, Marcus. So I think it was just a bad series of events. I mean, it was the same way with those twins. They got over there. There was no reason for that. There was no reason for the way they reacted. It just, it just happened. So, um, and as far as I know, uh, those women have gotten on with their lives and and moved on and become successful. Went right back to their successful lives. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't the same for Magda. Um, but I will say that both the twins and Magda both uh, equally tried to kill themselves during these states of whatever you want to call them, they tried to kill themselves. All three of these women did. If you don't know what the twins I'm talking about, guys, go back through the strange shorts. I think they may have been Swedish. Now that I think about it, I think they may have been Swedish. Um, but either way, it's it's a very similar breakdown. And there is, there is video of this online. Um, you can look twins running into traffic, uh, anything like that. And these women were struck by vehicles. One of them was actually thrown around, I think, the wheels, of the back wheels of an 18-wheeler or something, and lived. I mean, so it wasn't for trying. They really tried to kill themselves, just like Magda did. 
I know it's only two stories, but I mean, two stories could absolutely kill. I mean, well, they did. Two stories did kill kill her, or maybe it was just enough to put her over the edge. Either way. All right. Well, I'm as curious as you guys. Let's check in with Lauren this week on Lauren's synopsis. Oh, and real quick, guys, before we get started with this week's Lauren synopsis, I want to apologize for some of the sound quality. There is some static in the back of this recording. Uh, sometimes a ghost just gets in there. We don't know what to tell you, but uh, hopefully it's not too distracting and you guys can focus on all the great points that Lauren is making. All right, see you on the other side. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren's synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren's synopsis. Break it down the case like... Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren's synopsis. Break it down the case like... Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here. You get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. The death of 27-year-old Magdalena Zook a Polish woman who, according to reports, jumped to her death in the Egyptian beach town uh, resort of Marsa Alam. Um, she wasn't supposed to be alone um, on this trip. She bought this trip as a present for her boyfriend, Marcus, for his birthday. However, his passport was expired, so she decided, oddly, I think, to just go ahead and go on the trip alone. Very bizarre. I, I just feel like if you can't go because you know his passport's expired, spend... I'd feel like you'd just spend some time with him on his birthday and do something else and try like, I know they tried to sell the tickets and the hotel room stay and everything. They tried to sell it like half price, but of course when people get a four hour notice, cause she bought these bought these tickets um, and the hotel stay literally on a whim and didn't even tell Marcus until like hours before they were supposed to leave, supposedly according to reports. And so of course you're not gonna be able to sell a trip to Egypt uh, when the plane leaves in four hours, good luck with that. A lot of there's a lot of spontaneous people out there, but man, like all right, pack your bags, go to Egypt in a few hours. That's crazy. Um, so she decides to go alone, which I think is very unsafe. I would not recommend any person, let alone a, a really pretty woman, go alone to Egypt or any foreign country for that matter. If you're from Egypt and coming to the United States and you don't speak the language here, it's dangerous as a beautiful woman to just come and just uh, just go to a new country where you don't speak the language. It's very easy to get taken advantage of. And so, you know, she goes on this trip and right away there's odd behavior. Her travel agent is a guy named Mohammed Kari. I don't know if I butchered that name or not. Um, but Mohammed, I think it's Mohammed Kari. Um, he's with her beyond like what beyond what I would say constitutes his job. I mean, he's a travel agent. You get her to the hotel and then you're done, right? You you know, you help her book her trip or whatever, but he is you in a sense you could say maybe he was trying to do the right thing and help her because she was going through some kind of a mental breakdown. Um, but she doesn't have a past as far as I could tell of any mental illness. She wasn't on any medication. Um, and right away when I read just like the, the quick details of this story, I thought, of course, immediately of Elisa Lamb, who we recently did an episode on true crime guys of Elisa Lamb, um, who went from Canada to California and, uh, by herself. However, she had a history of mental illness. She was diagnosed as bipolar. She was on antipsychotic drugs and ended up being found in a water tank. If you don't know the story, 
she had stopped taking her antipsychotic drugs, had a mental breakdown, and we determined on True Crime Guys that we believed that she willingly got into a water tank on the roof of the hotel she was in and, and perished. And although the details of this story look very similar, I think this is a completely different situation here. Um, I, I really feel like something bad happened to Magdalena Zook. Um, I don't think she had a mental breakdown. Her family said she had no history of mental illness. And then all of a sudden she gets there and she's acting very odd, sending really uh, alarming texts and stuff to her family. And then the travel agent, Mohammed, is calling her boyfriend on FaceTime using her phone. I found that bizarre as well. I get that maybe she's going through some stuff, but give her her phone get the phone number for the boyfriend, call her, call her boyfriend on your phone. You don't need to be having her phone and having control of that. And there's always all these men around her and you're just watching your, their, their body language and it's bizarre. And she's saying things over the phone, like I'm not going to be able to get out of here. Come get me. She's clearly afraid for her life. Something is going on. Um, the videos are, are very disturbing to me because I just feel like this is a woman that is really fearful for her life. She got wrapped up into something that was bigger than her. I feel like, and just because the autopsy reports show that she wasn't sexually assaulted, that doesn't necessarily mean to me that she wasn't being sold into sex trafficking. It's very possible that these men work for someone powerful and they are supposed to bring you know, young women to this person um, that can then be sold to other powerful people. We've seen this in the past with like Johnny Gosh. This happens all over the world. And, you know, this is the perfect type of victim. Someone coming into the country alone, doesn't speak the language, very beautiful. It, it, it fits the criteria for something that, that could happen. And I feel like someone who's a travel agent could be easily uh, persuaded to get into this business, this dark business, where it's like they're, they're bringing in these people. They're an easy pipeline for a powerful person. And the, sometimes powerful people they're able to pay off the hospital they're able to pay off the police and even media outlets so i wouldn't put it past that i just find it hard to believe that Mag magdalena had a mental break and just don't jumped out of a, a window in the hospital um and and i also find it weird that she was found with antipsychotic drugs in her system i i don't i feel like okay she goes there there's a lot of new things going on she travels to a new country as I mentioned, she doesn't speak the language. It, it's not out of the realm of possibility that she had, she was going through something mentally, but to immediately put her on antipsychotic drugs uh, without like a proper evaluation, um, she was refusing, supposedly according to them, medical treatment when she was taken to the hospital. And so you just go ahead and put her on antipsychotic drugs. Um, and then she's tied to the bed and you see all these videos of her in the hospital being restrained and, and her freaking out. It, she just seems afraid to me. I feel like she, she realizes she's been pulled into something that is bigger than her. I do find it odd that the travel agent felt the need to keep calling her boyfriend on Skype, but she also seems like she's clearly wanting to tell her boyfriend something, but can't because the people that she's afraid of are the ones with the phone, you know, and they've told her what she can and can't say. That really felt that way to me. That felt like she was being held hostage. Um, that's my thoughts. I, I feel like this is a tragic case that she got wrapped into some stuff that was bigger than her. And rather than be sold into sex slavery and eventually be murdered, 
I feel like she chose to take matters into her own hands and, and end her own life. Um, or maybe she was just so afraid she jumped out the window trying to get away from them and didn't intend to die. And um, unfortunately, that's what occurred. So that's my thoughts. I feel like there's foul play here. Um, I could definitely be wrong. Could have been a psychotic episode. But I feel like we would have seen a history like we did with Elisa Lamb. You know, with her on medication, then on cold turkey, stopping the medication, which would lead to behavior like we're seeing. But I feel like Magdalena, it was, it was a different story. I don't, um, I, I, I just, this is definitely a tale that people should learn from. Don't travel alone to new countries where you don't speak the language. It, you know, it can, uh, you can get easily get taken advantage of. And uh, hopefully some more news comes to light. I know it's been three years and not a whole lot has changed. Um, hopefully something gets discovered here. I know there's a lot of sleuthers out there that have connected her um, to another Polish girl that disappeared in 2016, uh, Karolina Kozorska, uh, Kozorska um, who supposedly committed suicide by hanging at a resort. And I read online that her family, her mother, was saying that she also had been in connection with Marcus, who was... Magdalena's boyfriend at the time of her death. So it's possible people have made connections to Marcus potentially, you know, selling Magdalena into sex slavery. It is a little weird that she bought this trip. It's all of a sudden, and then he can't go, and she still goes alone. It just, none of that really added up to me. Um, and I wonder if she was put up to it by Marcus. I don't know. Like, like I said, you hate to sit here and, um, Point, point your finger and blame someone when you don't know 100%. It would suck to be Marcus if that were the case, if he were innocent and had nothing to do with this. Um, but there are, I'm just, you know, there's people online that have made connections to him. And, and apparently he had a connection to another Polish woman who also died in a similar fashion. So it is a little bit weird. Um, that's my thoughts with only having, you know, limited time to look into this case. It's very, uh, there's a lot of... Um, conspiracies out there in regards to her and i think for good reason so yeah that's my thoughts hope you guys enjoyed it see y'all next week all right excellent synopsis lauren as always also interesting little as my phone gets a text interesting little tidbit about um marcus being tied to another polish woman who disappeared in a similar fashion, right? That's kind of that's kind of damning for old Marcus. Um, and it is funny. I, I thought it was very odd. Uh, when you're studying this case, as soon as Marcus is brought up as a suspect, the first thing everyone says is, oh, but he was cleared because he only knew seven hours before. It's like, really, all we need to know, all the only testimony of that would be, I guess, the Facebook post where they're trying to sell the tickets. But I swear sometimes people post online just to cover their tracks, right? You ever follow people on Twitter that just, like, tweet their day-to-day every single day, but no one likes or comments or retweets their stuff? I'm like, why are you doing that? Eventually you would give up, right? You're getting no—you're not getting anything from this well. Why do you keep dipping your bucket in here? That's strange, right? It feels like they're almost, like, trying to make some sort of timetable for them, for themselves. I always get suspicious of those people. Maybe I'm being overly paranoid. I don't know. But anyways, um, guys, I want to thank you for listening to this show. Um, if you guys want to talk about this case, please 
uh, message me down below. You can send me a message on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash podcast. If you're a patron on there, I'd be sure to check Patreon every day, okay? My patrons come first. That's patreon.com slash podcast For just three bucks a month, guys, you can become part of the Sandu family. And you get these episodes on Thursdays instead of Mondays, as well as extra shows and content that I'm putting on Patreon all the time. So thank you guys so much. If you're already a patron member, you guys know what it's about. So thank you. Um, but I also, another great way to help the show is to leave a review. Just like Jerry Tech 7 did in the U.S. It says, came here from TGC, which is true crime, guys. Uh, love both. Great presentation of each case. Would be missing something without the Lauren synopsis. I agree 100%. It would be missing a competent podcast host. <laughs> but I love I love the Lauren synopsis. I love having Lauren involved that way. Um, yeah, guys, go and leave a review. Wherever you listen, if it is possible, go leave a review. Um, or just subscribe. Just subscribing and downloading for the show helps a ton. And sharing it with your friends. You guys can also check me out on social media. At S&U Podcast. Sandu Podcast. Um, on Instagram on Twitter, all of those things, okay? So I appreciate you guys sharing the show. appreciate you guys listening very much. Um, but if you're, a true, if you're a true member of the Sandu fam and you want to show your pride to other people, you guys, we also have some Strange and Unexplained merch. Um, don't have a whole lot right now. Still working on it. Still uh, got some other designs in the works. But if you go to truecrimeguys.threadless.com, there's a link um, below the description of this episode, you guys can go check out some strange and unexplained gear there. Everything from t-shirts to sweatshirts to mouse pads to mugs and all kinds of stuff. Wall art, stickers. Um, there's all sorts of things. And also, if you're a True Crime Guys fan, there's obviously plenty of True Crime Guys stuff available. Um, you guys could just email us, truecrimeguys at gmail.com, and we will hook you up with any gear that you're looking for that we have sold. Everything that we've ever made available since we started... Uh, True Crime Guys Productions four years ago, all of that merch is still available on different sites, whether it be Redbubble or Ken Custom or Threadless or whatever it is. But anyways, I want to thank you guys so much for your support, for being the wheels of this podcast, for listening. And uh, I think that's about it. I think that's it, guys. I think I've, I have, I have humbled myself enough this week. I have, I have uh, thanked you enough, right? I could never. I could never. All right, guys, I will see you next week with a new strange and unexplained case. Also, if you're a patron member, be on the lookout for some new strange shorts. I got one coming up that I'm working on on the dark web. So be on the lookout for that. All right, guys, I'll see you next week. Remember, be strange. Just don't be a stranger. Stranger.